For the first time ever, I am thrilled to say we have an official sponsor for the Dirk Talk podcast, and that's Ariat. I've worn Ariat boots on every job site I've visited over the years, traveling in them across five continents. More importantly, I have yet to find a single project where working folks, unlike me, are not wearing Ariat boots and workwear in every condition imaginable. And there's really good reason for that. And that's because it's phenomenal stuff. And the more I've learned about Ariat and the company, the more I've loved their brand. So with this, Ariat is offering any Dirt Talk listener 10% off their next Ariat order at ariat.com slash Dirt Talk. That's 10% off boots, jeans, and workwear at ariat.com slash Dirt Talk or at the link in this episode's description. With that, let's get to the show. Dirt talk. <laughs> what are the? <laughs> Did you get those motorized lights that like right down? That would be so stupid. I'm all about it. Anyway, welcome, welcome everybody to Dirt Talk Podcast Monday edition. It's Monday, everybody. It's Monday, everybody. We're in the Dirt Talk Studios today, Nashville, Tennessee, and we're ready to talk more dirt. Got some carpet in here, which is hopefully helpful. It's actually let me let me let me take a step back. It's definitely going to be helpful. I'm interested to see all of the ways that it serves us better than hardwood and rungs did. Yeah, I mean, I think like Jessica said, she could still hear some people from downstairs, but even if that's like only fifty percent as much, any we're good to roll. Yeah, anything. I mean, it wasn't terrible. I can mostly fix us being here at seven p.m. for some yes. reason, like the way that would sound, but doing it live is a huge pain in the butt worst case scenario we just have some smooth jazz on in the background from the <laughs> yeah. restaurant down below yeah and just, you hear a lot of like drinks clink bleak, bleak. I don't know. smooth jazz can we start a uh build it smooth jazz like a spotify station it's like yeah when you think build it dirt talk you think smooth jazz uh you know smooth jazz is probably a big deal in the operating community i'm sure <laughs> Yeah, uh, I think Dirk Talk's going to get a new theme song. I think I think eventually we can create a build it band. Sure, why not? With I'm sure we oh. could put together a band right now. Yeah, well, yeah. There's, there's I'm, already, I'm already thinking on some stuff. Um, I'm actually going to do like a straight up working on a musical project with multiple people from Buildwit for Buildwit partner, and it's going to be dumb. And they already love the idea. And I can't wait to put that out because it's going to be stupid and I was great. hoping you are going to say like a build-up musical. I could dress up as a skit here. Man, yeah, it's tough. I got, I got camera guys. I got lighting guys. You know, I can really put something together over here. I'd be I'd be a kick-ass skit here in a play. <laughs> I'd, I'd crush. I'd crush that. Honestly, the we've talked about before how like one of the best names technically for the skit steer would have been the skid steer. Yeah. But only that, that really only reads if you like say it out loud dressed like a skid steer. <laughs> yes. And te- technically, though, s- technically speaking, it's not a steer. It's, it's a Holstein dairy cow. Yeah. Let's get it right. My mistake. Yes. And a steer is, by definition, male. Mm-hmm. They don't look like that. And she's a female, the earth mover. Um, speaking of the earth mover, how is she? What's up? I uh, got a picture of her today from. 
some random person I know in Tennessee who was visiting Thompson for whatever reason. <laughs> Not even from Thompson, but somebody was there. Yeah, and she's still under the knife. Very much under the knife. Have you heard any statuses? Or just like, we're about to work on it, and that was the last thing you heard. <clears throat> I need to call them today and get the straight poop on exactly what had happened. Sure. Because... From a mechanical standpoint. I was very, very worried. When it rolled over, I... For whatever reason, I'm... I'm an idiot, but I'm smart enough to know that if you roll an engine over, turn the damn thing off sure. as fast as you can, or else it's going to be toast. Could be worse. Yeah. So the very first thing I did, I went right for the key, turned it off, took it out. Now, they explained it as it was something with the turbo still going. I'm not, I'm not mechanically inclined in the slightest. Mm -hmm. I really want to be, and I'm not. I could not even explain how... A engine converts diesel fuel into power. I, I, I'm, I'm a complete moron when it comes to anything mechanical whatsoever and have the utmost respect for technicians. I don't know how the hell they do it. It's like complete witchcraft to me. But something with, with the engine oil draining out onto also the DPF and the turbo, which was running real hot, which made yeah. that blue smoke, it was it was hot even though you turned it off, obviously. It, yeah. yeah, it was something to do with the turbo. Weird. But it the engine wasn't running. And so they got it to be running again. But then they said we need to take everything apart because we're afraid the turbo is just gonna go fail. And then we needed to replace the DPF because all the engine oil got inside of it. Brutal. So I, I don't even know. I don't know. I just want my damn skids here back at this point. It's been a month and I just want to go dig some stuff again. Well, without touching on a too sensitive topic, where are you going to park it? I'm working on that. Okay. Yeah, that's another problem. I was keeping it in my side yard for the time being. Sure. I have, it's a pretty expansive side yard. Yeah, they're not in the road at all. Not even, not even slightly. Not even slightly. And I had it there for maybe two months and it would come and go and I'd, take it to one side or I'd take it to Ross or whatever it may be, keep it, I'd, I'd take it off the trailer. I'd put it right next to the trailer. Oh, it wasn't bothering anybody, not even slightly in the way. Mm -hmm. I get a panicked phone call from my landlord. I rent my house. I have no money. It's all the company. You know, I could give you my opinions on renting versus buying, but I'd be renting right now. If, if You know, I, I like renting. Sure. For many, many reasons. Well, it's fun to throw your money in the trash can, so... <sighs> People say that. I'm just trying to I'm just trying to set you off. Economically speaking, it's a lot of times much better. But American dream. Do you feel dream. the same way about leasing cars? Um, either way. But but the, the, see the difference is cars, unless you get into the fancy cars, they don't really appreciate. Yeah. They're always depreciating. Whereas homes homes in, in theory appreciate. <laughs> I won't get into that. I'm twenty six. <laughs> Fuck do I know? I'll stay in my lane. Had my skitcher parked there, no problems whatsoever. For I wasn't, months. I wasn't noisy with it. I wouldn't, I like it was just sitting there. You didn't joy ride the neighborhood. Yes. So maybe landlord only once. Landlord <laughs> calls me up and said, "Hey, I just got served by the sheriff's department for commercial equipment on the property that you live at." And I thought, one. Fuck whoever that was yeah. that called 
because they have n- like they, it was it wasn't causing any kind of problem and it's it's dressed up as a cow come on come on yeah you think of <laughs> yeah, i can't even say it. you think of real companies out there using it to do dirt work yeah, really <laughs> throw me a bone here two it's not a commercial piece of equipment so they can kick rocks yeah tech legally speaking it's is not that a, a size thing what what no, it's not. It. I don't use it for commercial Got purposes. It. Okay. It's not I, a commercial. I didn't know. I, sorry. Okay. So it's like keeping my lawnmower in my lawn. Well, I can't keep my lawnmower in my lawn. Screw you. I can. Uh, so he got served by the sheriff, had to go to court and paid fines for it. Okay. And was just like, please, please don't park whatever was parked here in the yard again, or else I'm going to get fined more. And I don't want to do that. So I said, I am so sorry. And I will find a new home. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Mover. The first thing you're going to do is you're going to find a new home, new home for the Earth Mover. And then after that, you're going to find a new home. What's lame about a lot of that is for a long time, some guy who you don't even know, whose house isn't anywhere near yours, was parking his like black SUV in your yard for months. Oh, yeah. Just like, oh, I can park here, right? Yeah. It's lame. Lame, dude. So yeah, I'm counting down the days till I can afford a big old piece of land just outside of town and I can have as many damn skisters as I please. Um, last week, you got a call, I think, from your landlord about somebody parking a truck in the yard. Yeah. And you called uh, Mr. Matt Briscoe and said, hey, did you just park a truck in my yard? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, you need to go back. Who's going to have a toad? Yeah. And he, and he was like, why am I 10 minutes in May? And you're like, yeah, okay, go get it. Yeah. <laughs> No, and I, I felt super bad. I try to be a very low-maintenance tenant and just give you money every month. If something catastrophic breaks, like the air conditioning, you'll hear from me. Otherwise, we're good to go, man. Yeah, it's not like you called your landlord when like the power went out in East Nashville. <laughs> no, I handled all that. Yeah, it's not I, like, I, well, I don't, it's not my problem. No, the weatherhead was torn out of the house, and I didn't have power for three days. I handled all that. Yeah. I took care of it. I'm good to go. A model tenant, and I, everyone. I, I take care of that house. It's clean and tidy. We're in business. I take care of it like it's my own because I live there. So, of course, I want it taken care of. Sure. Uh, but, yeah, I, I felt pretty bad because… That, and and could they have not just, I don't know, put like a flyer on the front door saying, hey, if you if you wouldn't mind moving that, that'd be that'd be cool. You're just like, or like please don't park door. anywhere, you know, yeah, after yeah. this date. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been super cool. No, no, no. Let's just go straight to the sheriff's office because sheriff's office has nothing better to do but to serve people for having skid steers in their side yards. Exactly what that, that sheriff wanted to do, I'm sure. Important justice being served. <laughs> the town of Nashville is safe once again. Yep. Well, that sounds fun. Mm-hmm. So one thing you're really good at, Aaron, is messaging me all hours of the day and being like, hey, we should talk about this on the podcast, which I love. Yeah. I sound like I'm being sarcastic. I do really like that because it's like, okay, got it. Awesome. Let's stack up a bunch of stuff. Sure. We'll always have stuff to talk about, which we, 99.999% of the time, we do always have stuff to talk about. We don't really struggle. We did talk about Mantis Shrimp on an internal podcast once. That's neither here nor there. Um, So this week, one thing you sent me that I'm curious to know you said something along the lines of, can I talk about college cheating? Yeah. Cheating in college? Yeah. And I'm like, well, whatever your take is, it's going to be juicy. So um, here's the floor, Aaron Witt. So 
I got into a little bit of hot water over the whole college cheating thing. Did people reach out? No, there was something that was going to happen. Oh, okay. And it didn't happen because someone heard on the podcast uh, that I cheated my way through college. Okay. First off, I'm flattered they listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Which is always my first reaction. Like, first of all, thanks for listening to the podcast. I, like, I am flattered. Leave us a review. I'm you, glad five stars. you're here. We're really happy to have you. We want everybody here. Um, and Dan, Dan said, like, just and 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 it was all ironed out. And Dan was like, you know what? Just don't talk about or anything like that. And I told him, no, I'm going to talk about it and defend myself here and explain what the hell I mean by that. Okay. I went to Arizona State University. And I and I need to be careful here because could I could I be incriminated? Could I? I'm not be incriminated, but there's no proof either. I'm gonna be careful how I explain this. I'm trying to think what would be the what's the absolute worst that can happen? I don't know. They get they take my degree away. Which, it's like oh shoot, you'd be like my employer's totally gonna find fine. out. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, so worst case scenario, nothing happens. I mean, is it a is it a crime to cheat on a test at college? I don't know. That's I think that's like the question. Okay, well, let me let me explain. I'm gonna, I'm just going to get in. We're get just it. we're just going to send it. So, I I meet a guy, Rich Pearson, talked about him a lot running a, a, a company that was doing work in my neighborhood at the time. Talked to him when I was a senior in high school, thinking about what to study at school, and asked him, what did you study in school? And he said, construction engineering. And I said, you that, got it. that sounds awesome. I'll do it. I was, keep in mind, I was in calculus class. I was the only kid to not pass the advanced placement test for calculus mm -hmm. in high school. Okay. In math, I, I, I've always struggled. I'm, I'm just not, I don't do math. Don't do it. But you do seem to be something of a numbers guy. Big picture. But dude, the numbers, the numbers in calculus, and <laughs> no, 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 it's not just two plus two. Like, it just makes no sense at all. You're like, you can read a chart really well. Yeah. But not necessarily, how did we get these numbers? Yeah, and into I can the see chart. dollars and okay, all right, this dollar, that dollar, that, that's cool. Yeah. But taking the derivative of something, and that's like very simple stuff. You start to get into math that doesn't even have numbers anymore. So <clears throat> I say, cool, construction engineering. I, I kid you not, I had no idea that engineering school had a lot of math and was essentially all math. I didn't really <laughs> know that. I, and I tell people that. They don't believe me. I, it's, it's, it's true. I just, if he did construction engineering, I'm going to do construction engineering. So I sign up for construction engineering. Cool. I start to get into my math classes right away. because That's all engineering school is. It's gnarly. It is gnarly. It is a struggle. I had my roommate take my math placement test to get me into calculus for engineering to begin with. And I'm not saying like I was total trash. I could kind of do it, but it was a struggle. It was a struggle. So every year while I was in engineering school, I would have to be resourceful to pass my classes. I wouldn't just pass my classes. It wasn't like a foregone conclusion. Like, yeah, of course, of course I'm going to pass my classes. N no, yeah. no, it was a fight. I mean, every single semester, I was legitimately afraid of not passing classes. And I didn't pass physics. I didn't pass 
circuits. I didn't pass a few classes and I had to retake a few classes, which really, really sucked. You've talked about circuits before and how you're like, oh, this is going to be cool. And I was like, no, this is the theory of Brutal. circuits. not. Oh. So I had to be crafty and being crafty meant, I don't know, finding old exams or talking to other people within my, my class about how they're doing things. But all of that, it's engineering school. It's not like a, I write down the answers to the test on my leg and oh, what's the, what's the biggest continent in, or what's the coldest continent in, in the world? And write down Antarctica. I'm like, oh, it's Antarctica. I know that one. I'm, I'm cheating. That, that's not how cheating works in school. Yeah. That's, that's not how it works at all. I was just trying to be resourceful. And it was, a, it, was a, it was a matter of survival. That's all it was. And by the whole academic integrity thing, the whole system, it's made up. It's a made up code of conduct a lot of times completely doesn't make sense because I got in trouble one time for plagiarizing my own work, my own paper for another class. And I couldn't believe it. And I found out that like I got in trouble for plagiarism. That doesn't even make sense. And that's when I realized this whole set of rules is completely made up. It's completely made up and doesn't represent the real world whatsoever. In the real world, all the information is available. In the real world, you can go talk to other people. In the real world, you can collaborate with one another, problem solve with one another. Why don't I approach school like the real world? Because every summer I was in the real world. So I was working for different construction companies and I'd worked since I was 16. I'd seen how the real world operated. Then I go to school and it's like, so I'm supposed to do everything on my own and not talk to anybody about anything or else that's, that's, against the rules, like that's not, that, that's so far from reality. Yeah. And so I just saw it as your rules are stupid and I'm going to do whatever I need to do to pass these classes and get my degree. And frankly, as an employer, I'd much rather hire one of those people that had to fight their way through, had to be resourceful. And those skills I learned by being resourceful, by, by fighting my way through all these classes are why I've done so well in business over the past few years. Because I got my ass beat over and over and over and over again. Then I had to keep coming back for more. 40% on this test. 42% on this test. 50% on this test. You just keep coming back for more and more and more. That's all building a company is. Just getting the shit beat out of you and coming back for another serving. And another serving. Another serving. Just keeping your head down. That's what I did for four years in engineering school. It served me very well. I wouldn't be where I am today without it. But there was no way in hell I was going to do it within the traditional set of rules that I completely disagree with and I think are total nonsense. Did you do well in school in high school? Um, very average. And I got just over a 3.0 in, in college because every semester I would take a, a class where I would get an A plus in that I'd do online, like Southwest Home Gardening Online. I got to count on or this Or the, the Beatles History Online. <laughs> so every, so I, I gamed the system yeah. to make my GPA higher. Smart. Because I needed to maintain that 3.0 level for my scholarships. I did that exact same thing with voice lessons. I took piano one semester. There you go. Just total nonsense yeah. classes. And honestly, like when I say when I say cheating, it wasn't, it really wasn't. It's you still have to understand how to do it all. Yeah. You still have to, like anybody that's been through engineering school, you can't really cheat your way through engineering school. You still have to do all the work. You still have to figure it out. I was just figuring out a different way than the traditional accepted upon way of figuring it out, mm -hmm. which there's not one way of figuring something out in real world. So that's all it was. And it was probably more work to do a lot of what I did, especially like the, the web, like 
computing projects. It's probably more work to copy those and then debug them and make the code look like my own than it was to just figure out how to write the damn code in the first place. Yeah. These kids were just rocking and rolling through it. I was sitting in the library for fucking days trying to work through code that I had screwed up that was working perfectly when I got it to make it look like my own. Yeah. So I just wanted to defend myself and I feel zero guilt about it. Zero guilt about it because that's the real world. I do not think college is tracking with where reality is going. And I think college is going to get its ass beat down the road. They're not delivering the product that relates to reality anymore. They're disillusioned. It just doesn't match up. Doesn't match up. Yeah. And me as an employer. So full, full transparency. Over the next five years, we think we can go from about, we're about 35 right now to about 250 people. And then we're going to go well beyond yeah, that. For sure. Mark my words. We're going well beyond that. This thing is a rocket ship. We're full send right now. For those 250 people, how many positions within our business are going to require a college degree? Well, very few, I would assume. None. Yeah. Not a single position within our business will, will have the requirement of a college degree. I love that. Done. 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 That's not the future. I'm all for going to college. I'm actually a huge proponent of going to college. But to require a college degree, it doesn't tell me anything about, about that individual at all. Well, and especially... You know, I think for a number of years, it was sort of like a first filter over, well, if this person has a college degree, then they're capable of like persevering and figuring it out and finishing something they started. Which your experience certainly lines up with that. You know what I mean? But also, I think it's good to like know yourself and be like, all right, this isn't for me. Um, so how do I kind of move on to the next thing? And that doesn't necessarily just apply to you, but like, I don't have a college degree. I went to college for a while, but check the, the things I'm good at here today. I don't know that I learned any of them in college. Doesn't necessarily translate. Yeah. I'm all for it. I'm a huge, huge, we've talked about it a lot on the podcast. Huge fan of the experience of it. I am way better off than I was before by going to Arizona state. Could not recommend that school more. Wonderful experiences, met extraordinary people, I don't regret doing engineering school one bit, but I had to be smart about how I did it. And I have zero, zero guilt about that. If you had, um, say, like you had a 17-year-old child who was going into their senior year of high school, and like today, not, you know, 20 years from now or whatever, but like today, would you tell that person, go to school? Or would it just be like, depending on what you want to do, you should go to school for this? Like, is it just like, like say, say they really wanted tell, to be a my part dad of Build didn't Way. tell me to go yeah, to school. That's true. You were just like, I guess I'm going because this is what I want to do. There's only, there's very few careers where you actually need a college degree legally. You need it as a professional engineer. You need it as a lawyer. You need it as a doctor. You need it as a CPA. That's about it. And the thing about those jobs is, it's a lot of technical things you have to learn how to do. Yeah. And, and you know, like every degree is a little bit different, but correct. those are very hard to fake unless you, you know, go through the experience of learning how to do all that stuff. You know, like it, that's the difference between, say you go for a marketing degree. What do you know how to do at the end of that? Well, but, but even in fairness, even engineering, I didn't learn how to do civil engineering, construction engineering college. Are you kidding me? I just learned how to, they really just teach you to think like an engineer. But the whole the whole curriculum is outdated, man. 
they're teaching you how to be an engineer for 2001. It's like, but there's the internet now and the world moves a lot faster. Yeah. And I can talk to someone on the other side of the world right now. That changes the game. That changes engineering. And, and so I appreciate how it makes you think like an engineer. And I don't want to, uh, for me, that was really, really valuable. Really valuable. And I can, I was faced with so many really complex, really hard problems that I had to solve. And I couldn't back down from that now all these big problems in business aren't all that challenging. So it really, really served me well. But at the same time, what they teach you, it's very outdated. Very outdated. I learned about how to build shit by being in the industry while I was in school. Yeah. By working for Kiwit, by working for Skanska, by working for Markham, Pearson, Hayden. That's how I learned how to build shit. That's how I learned how to read plans. That's how I learned how things were actually engineered. That's how I learned about actual mixed designs. Didn't learn about it in school. Mm -hmm. I think it was interesting, you know, we had Dylan Taylor here a couple of weeks ago. He's 20 years old. He's in school for, was it construction management, I think? Yeah. Um, but then has also kind of been working part-time, you know, in the industry. In addition, like, you know, he's doing that in the summers too. Like, to me, that's what sounds realistic and like applicable. Is like, if, if there's like some specific things to learn that school does a really great job of, awesome. But also like literally getting your boots muddy and like getting your hands like in the work it's kind of the other side of that right if you're if you're going to school and you're not working at the same time and it doesn't even need to be in the industry you can just be working for a restaurant you're screwing yourself you're screwing yourself you're really screwing yourself and that's personal experience and that's now me as an employer did you have a job during like when semesters were in session yeah i worked in an estimating office oh okay that was kind of like your during the school year? Freshman gig? year, I worked for a safety department for a while. And then I was doing later in school about 20 to 25 hours a week in an estimating. It's good to make money when you're giving it away to a school. So that's my that's my spiel on college cheating. I understand how that was taken, and it doesn't sound good at face value if you think about cheating in its traditional format. It's very frowned upon, this well, and that. Yeah, it you're not like F college. It dude, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't cheating at all. I, I, I have the biggest guilty conscience of my life. If something's wrong, it's fucking wrong, and I'm not doing it. Mm -hmm. There's a reason why, you know, do what's right is that's, that's, those values on the wall are my personal values. I'm extremely principled when it comes to doing the right thing. Very, 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 very principled. I give you a hundred examples of, of how I followed through on that within the company. But if something's not right, if I think something's complete nonsense, which I think the code of intact, academic integrity is sure i'm doing what i need to do man that's that that's that Amen. and in business too there's a lot of stupid rules that i just don't agree with I play with those all the time you weasel your way around weasel your way around that said build wit all right big weasel that's what we are we're just a weasel just a weasel um, we got a couple questions from the listeners at home although i actually probably the odds are good that they don't send these from home just based on our, sure. you know. Hopefully they sent them from a cab of D8 or something like that. Yeah. This question's from Shauna, who we work with. Oh, cool. She sent another question that is like, so good that we have to put it on the Dirt Talk podcast because it just like is the real stuff. And the funny thing about Shauna is she's been working for us for two years now. Mm -hmm. I've never met her. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, hopefully soon. The December month. December, yeah. yeah. December team meeting. Yeah, but I've, I've never… 
She might be the only one that I, don't I know that I've met her not, in person either. Have not met. I haven't met Alan either. Oh, true, true. Yeah, we have the whole crew out here. I'm excited. Hopefully. Uh, I mean, hopefully most everybody, yeah. This is from Shauna Armstrong. She says, I love this, by the way. Someone commented to me recently on a LinkedIn post. I can't get this out of my head. He suggested hiring retirees to train new laborers slash operators. To me, on the surface, that seemed brilliant for many reasons. One reason. Some recent or upcoming retirees might like to keep working but may not be up for doing the physical work, physical work or want to hold the large leadership responsibilities any longer. Another, it's an opportunity to continue to help the industry and mentor the next generation. Another, it's a way for companies to maintain knowledge transfer. Another, it's a solution for companies who only seek experienced workers because they don't have people, resources, time, or budget to train inexperienced workers. While we want to attract new people to the industry, training becomes a barrier. I was discussing this with my husband, and he suggested there may be challenges there with new versus old equipment technology. So finally, to my question, is this a reason why this solution may not be a great one? Because of technology? Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a lot of this already. There's a lot of consultants, and I see it a lot with like the railroads and the utility companies, gas. They'll, you'll be out there. Especially when, actually, when I, I remember there was this one guy, he worked for Union Pacific when I was working for them as a contractor. We were building bridges and he was just this old dude that had driven pile for 40 years. And now he inspects for Union Pacific and all he does is educate people on how to drive pile and make sure it's driven correctly. He doesn't work for them. He's a contractor. So I think he's probably 1099. Mm-hmm. So I've seen it quite a bit. It'll it's just it'll just be like this one random old guy that just is kind of walking around. What's that guy doing? Oh, he's a consultant or an, <laughs> an inspector or whatever it may be. So I think companies are already doing it with quite a bit of success. And yeah. I don't see why you wouldn't do that. I think that's fantastic. I think it's a combination. I don't think that's your silver bullet. Yeah. I think that's part of it uh, because maybe they won't be able to educate on GPS for example. New, really new stuff. But yeah. but the basics are the basics. How to make grade, how to load a truck, how to lay pipe. Those are all just basics. And even with technology, the basics don't change. Um, making grade with GPS is the same as making grade with a machine without grade control. Mm-hmm. It, there's just common principles there. You're still making grade at the end of the day. Yeah. You're just using different tools to do it. So I think that's a fantastic partial solution i think another part of the solution too though is companies just need to spend more in developing people that's just like a it's just starting to become a a necessity of being in this business yeah it people keep treating it like it's this luxury or oh i can't do that like dude you better figure out how to do it or else like you're not gonna have anything to do anymore because you're not going to find people. I, I, I we, we talk about them all the time. Sergeant. I mean, Sergeant took one of their executives, really heavy hitter within the business, and put him over training. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's important to them. That's, that's very important to them. And man, it costs a lot of money to take one of your highest performers out of what they do best and put them in a training position, in a development position. And those were probably the last people you'd think of putting in in that training. But then you think about it, you're like, that's the best kind of person to put in that training and development position. Because yeah, there's a short-term loss there. There's a short-term sure. vacuum and gap that needs to be made up. But 
But now you have your 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 one of your A players creating more A players for your business long term. Yeah. So now your business is rocking and rolling long term. And yeah, Sergeant has hundreds of people. So maybe you can't take one of your key leaders of your business and make them into training. But I was even thinking from a recruiting standpoint, how do we, one of our big areas that is a struggle at times is recruiting for videographers. It's a very specific skill set and set of attributes we need out of a videographer. And skill skillfulness in just creating videos is just one small piece of it. And the book I was reading from a recruitment standpoint recommended that you take some of your A players out and make them recruit for six months or so at a time. And thinking, oh, how could we take one of our best videographers, like an angel, for example, and get him involved in the recruiting process full-time, temporarily? And it's, it's like, shoot, that'd be a big hit for us out in the field. And we would need to figure that out. And that's not going to happen tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But how can we make that happen down the road? Because, yeah, he kicks ass. And if he's the one leading the charge on some of that recruiting, we're going to end up with a lot of kick-ass folks as a result. Yeah. So to answer the question, I think that's a great potential solution for some of the, from some of the pain. Like a, yeah. a part of a solution, really. Sure. I think what... I'm like finding is tough, you know, because we we talk about, you know, how can we help our partners in the industry at large um, find better people, train better people, or train people better, I should say. Um, and what I always think about is just like, what are the best companies doing on like day one when somebody new comes in who like maybe doesn't have any experience, but is like down to work. You know, what are, what are they doing that, like, clearly works? <clears throat> because I, mean, I just don't know. I don't necessarily know the answer to that. I don't know. I mean, what, do you know what sticks out, like, to our partners or just people that you communicate with? Is there anything that's like, man, like, that's what they should be sticking these people on the first week to, you know, get a better understanding? Or is that just sort of, like, the, the gap we're trying to figure out, too? We're trying to figure it out, too. Honestly, we just had a lot of conversations. We talked to a company. Last week, and they said they got a lot of turnover in that first week. Uh, somebody will show up for a oh, shift man. and then leave. Because um, they just get... They find something closer to home or something for a dollar more or whatever it may be. Or something that doesn't seem as impossible to be successful at immediately. It, yeah. And and so the question is, how do we change the tone from day one? Yeah. And I don't think it's all that dramatic. I think it's really just showing that individual that you really care about them. How do you do that? We're trying to figure that out now. But if you can show them you really care about them, that's you're putting yourself further ahead than most other companies out there. Yeah. And then if you can back that up with actual action, you're going to have a pretty loyal individual that, that first week. But I don't know. I wonder what the numbers are in like a brand new person <clears throat> at, a, at a construction company, dirt mover, whatever. I wonder what the numbers are and like when do they start bringing real value to the company in terms of I should say you know that you can see on a sheet of paper yeah I mean is that the question is like <clears throat> when does somebody who doesn't who's brand new to the industry brand new to the work the thing is they just want they want them to be ready to go producing day yeah. one and they're not and they're sacrificing short-term decent production for a long-term extraordinary production by really investing in individuals yeah and then they're creating a self-fulfilling prophecy by 
not investing in individuals because they're worried about them leaving, which makes them leave more, more. likely to leave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it creates the it, it facilitates the problem they're facing in the first place. Yeah, not saying that's what this company in 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 general is doing, but I've seen a lot of companies do that. They, sure. Yeah, they they're very reluctant to invest in or even buy people shirts, for example. Spend a hundred dollars on shirts for someone day one because well they're just gonna walk off. It's like, okay, cool. So they walk off. What well, worst case scenario? They walk off. And now they're advertising for your business everywhere they go because they got some cool shirts. Yeah. If you give them cool shirts, don't give them shitty shirts. And then, but, but bigger, more importantly, me day one, giving you some shirts that are really, really badass, saying, Hey, we're really happy to have you here. Welcome to the family. We're, we're, we're really excited to have you and we're excited to see what you can do for us. Yeah. Shoot. I'm going to feel pretty damn good. And there's probably no one that has told me that before day one of a company. What do you think? What kind of impression do you think that leaves? What do you think I'm going to go home and tell my tell my wife or my kids? I I'm going to be excited. I'm going to feel good. I'm going to people want to be appreciated. Everybody's a human being at the end of the day. So it not saying again, not saying shirts are the solution, but that's just an example of saying, hey, Aaron's we really care about you. shirts, guys. The industries, the 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 solution to the workforce problem <laughs> is shirts. That's it. Yep, we've cracked the code. My we friends. did it, guys. We did it. Done. Build with. I guess we can just pack up and go home. Yeah, this was fun while it lasted. We have made the dirt world a better place. Yeah, we got a couple of shirts. I feel like now more than ever in the the build wit thing, you're having to think about leading people because you know we have more people than we ever have. We're shooting to grow in a, a really exciting but an intense way. What are you thinking about right now during the, this phase for us at Buildwit? From like a leading people standpoint, like what are you like intentionally, actively like trying to focus on as a leader? Developing myself as a human being. That's it. I I know I am, I know I am a moron. <laughs> I am twenty six years old. I am not fooled into thinking, I am experienced, or all that intelligent. I'm not, and even if I was very intelligent. I'm still lacking in that experience. I'm only 26 years old. In fairness, I've lived more life in the past three years running this company than most people live in a majority of their lives. Sure. And seen more places than most people see in a lifetime and meet more people than people most people meet in a lifetime. So it's been really extraordinary and I've tried to cram as much in there as possible. But I still don't know what the hell I'm doing. So I think understanding that as a leader, understanding that I really don't know what I'm doing and then seeking to learn more about how other people have done it. Like I, yesterday I was just reading about a, a, it was a, it was in a book written by Ben Horowitz and it was about a gang leader in a Michigan prison. I think you posted about that on Instagram. Yeah. But they were reading about that. And the culture he created within the prison system and how remarkable it was. And it was very powerful. And no one messed with this gang. No one. And they did things right. They took a moral high ground, which is very, very fascinating. And it was very, very... It was just... It's just good to think about. So I'm just trying to expose myself to all different ideas, all different experiences challenge what I've believed before, audit my interactions with everybody. How did I do on that, on that call? I listened to these podcasts. How am I speaking? Did that come off wrong? 
Could I have explained that better? Especially the internal podcast. I listen to all of them because I want to try to figure out how can I get the message I'm trying to get across even more effectively. Yeah. So that's what I'm trying to do. And I'm really giving it everything I have. I don't have any more to give. Sure. I think that's why like I went to the doctor because I've just been, I've just been worn out, just worn out. Sure. And got a bunch of blood work done because I thought maybe it's something I, I, I need to be taking something. I'm, I, I don't have, uh, I might be deficient in something. Yeah. He talks about, talks to me about my lifestyle and talk about the travel and the, the exercise and what I do, this and that. And he calls me up after my blood work comes back and says, well, the, everything's dialed. Everything is dialed. Good. Dialed, 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 dialed. There you go. Screw you, COVID. You're not getting me. <laughs> and he said, because it's dialed, it's probably just your lifestyle. <laughs> like, okay, thanks. So you're not, if you don't improve your lifestyle, if you don't chill out a little bit, you're just, you're just going to be perpetually exhausted was what he said. So he said, do less and doing less right now, not an option for me. Yeah. So here we are. I'm just going to keep going flat out. And even, even yesterday, I just spent even time contemplating my mortality. I do that more, more today than ever before. Sure. Just knowing that this is not finite, just knowing that this could go at any time. And I got to move as a result. It creates a serious sense of urgency there. So I don't know. Do you find joy in that work? Like that in your own like personal development that way? So much fun. It's so much fun. I'm enjoying growing as a human being more than I ever before. And I have challenged more of my thoughts than I ever have before. And I have frankly never been this self-confident before. Cool. It's good to hear. Thanks for talking about that. I, I feel like the more that we grow, I mean, this is just the nature of, the, of any business, but the more that we grow, you're getting less and less like out of the weeds. Or, you're in the weeds less and less. And hopefully. Yeah. I mean, that's hopefully. obviously the goal. And so I think you have just a, a very unique responsibility as we grow that you have to be really, really intentional about that development in the ways that maybe some other people yeah. can just like, I'm going to get better at my work. I'm going to um, keep learning how to do like these like technical things better so that I'm you know faster or enjoy these parts more. You're having to like think about that more from like a soft skill perspective, which is just kind of fascinating. That's my, that's my job. I'm, it's like my friend's dad, he, he said it's like living with a fucking alligator. And you better keep feeding that thing, or if you if you stop feeding it, it's gonna it's gonna it's come coming after, for you. It's gonna come after you. Yeah. There's only there's only two ways two ways that works, um, and I need to keep feeding that alligator, or else it's gonna come eat me. Yeah. And a lot of feeding it is developing myself as an individual. Just because I'm the fucking guy that owns a company doesn't mean I'm the guy to lead this company long term. If I don't keep up with the development, you know, if I don't keep up with my development, keep on pace, developing myself on pace with, on par with, with the, the company itself, it's just going to steamroll me. I've, just because I'm the guy that owns it right now, that's no, yeah. that's no guarantee of anything. Well, cool. I don't know. I'll say this. I think it's important for you now more than ever 
to be vulnerable vulnerable about all that stuff. Sure. Um, I mean, like, you, like, put a lot of shit on the internet. Like, that's, like, a, th- a thing about you. Yeah. But I also think, like, it's super valuable to our team and super valuable to anybody that, like, gives a shit about what we're doing that, like, I don't know, that you talk about the hard work it takes to do, like, what you do. Yeah. But also that, like, it's also really rewarding, but it also can suck. You know, like, there's all those, like, pieces to it. And so, I just, I just in my opinion, um, the more that you kind of, I don't know, or not expose that in your kind of life, in your, in your story. But like the more that you um, are open about that, I think that's like really helpful both for you and like the people who are working towards the same thing, which is, you know, it, a lot of people can think it's a stupid or it's fake or it's, you know, quote unquote, like the Kool-Aid, which I hate that reference. Sure. But like make the world a better place is like real. You know, and that's like what we like work towards. And if you don't buy it, honestly, like buy, fuck it. <laughs> See ya. Cool. It, yeah, I, I don't care anymore. Yeah, I'm just gonna go do it. I'm not asking for your permission. If you don't want to be here, you don't want to be here. Cool. Cool. I don't need your. I don't need your permission. Um. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I try to share that stuff, but also, again, I'm this 26 year old kid that doesn't know anything, and I don't want to be the. Listen to me, because I'm this big time business guy. But I think I'm I think not. the difference. I think the difference is instead of you saying, "Here's what I know about leadership," now you're more upfront and open about like, "Here's what I'm learning actively at this moment as I'm having yes. opportunities to succeed and fail." Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's really cool and really interesting to me. Sure. Um, and I, I do think that there's certainly a segment of the people who like really care about you know build with and who engage with Dirt Talk like that find that part of your story just as interesting as the photos of, you know, bulldozers, which are also extremely fucking cool. Let's be real. But I, th- I think the combination, I think, is like, I don't know. I just To me, that's like pretty a pretty big deal. And so I like when you talk about that is all I'll say. Well, I'll do whatever I need to do. Well, with that, I think that's a podcast. You can fire yourself. I'm going to fire you from this podcast. <sighs> I've done a lot of talking today. Yeah. Oh, like, Thoughtful talking today, too. We haven't just been shooting the poop. Yeah, really? No. No. <laughs> yeah. Aaron's done, like, really heavy, thoughtful conversation for, like, the last two and a half hours. It's exhausting. It's exhausting to have to be that on. But uh, I guess, yeah, that's a podcast. Thanks, everybody, for listening. If you have questions or anything of the sort, we'd love to hear from you. Dirt talk at buildwit.com. Yeah. And also what's fun is our at buildwit <laughs> account on Instagram is rocking and rolling out there in the at, world. At Buildwit on Instagram. If you want to send us something, yep. send it to the office. Uh, Buildwit, 1400 Adam Street, Suite 202. Suite 202. Nashville, Tennessee, 37208. We would love whatever you want to send us. Stickers, skid steers, send it our way. Um, about a sticker real quick, and then we can wrap it up. My mom works for a county engineer. Mm-hmm. And so I said, like, Mom, like you should... Send me a, a, a sticker. We can put it on the wall. Sure. And she's like, okay. So she brought me one this weekend. I'm not kidding you. It's like a like a door sticker for a truck. Oh, cool. It's like this big. I have some of those in the house. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, all right. Do I need to like cut out the logo? Like it's so it's huge. Um, so I might just like trim out the logo because that, that'll like go with whatever's up there. But I was like, you were not kidding when you said it's a pretty big sticker. It is. I mean, 
people watching. Some people have sent me massive, that. massive stickers. It's like, I, I appreciate it, but this is not going on. What do I do with this? <laughs> we don't have that much space. Um, well, with that, that is a BuildWit Dirt Talk, Dirt <clears throat> Talk BuildWit podcast. Uh, thanks, y'all, for listening. Aaron, thanks for digging into some you know, heavier stuff. You know? Sure. Stay dirty, everybody. Bye.